Tonight on 60 Minutes. This is going to take longer than 60 minutes. Come on. It usually does. That's right. (laughs) We're a Riverdale recap podcast here to talk about chapter 115, Return to Riverdale, written by Ted Sullivan and Devin Turner, directed by Anna Kerrigan. Do you remember like back in the early days of this podcast, (laughs) how you would be like, Though it can't be longer than the actual episode, and how that just like went out the window very quickly. Yeah. And you realized we weren't going to be that fast about anything. Well, we started taking much more detailed notes because we started having more fun in the little details than, than the, the broad strokes. Yeah. And that is why our episodes keep getting longer even after we stop doing post recap segments. <laughs> we- because we were up all night. Because <laughs> we were so fucking long. I love, I forget the name, but when we would just like randomly select a story from a digest off the yeah, shelf. Yeah, and then riverdale it. That was so much fun. That was great. No time, we no were, room. We had the time. <laughs> or I'd go like check out oh yeah check out what the teens are up to like yeah the do the teens still watch the show i feel like the teens are now like 23 the teens are 23 (laughs) like some teens probably still watch the show i mean you'd still be checking instagram and not tiktok so you would not be finding what the teens are into i have a lot of dear america tiktok Mm. that keeps popping up an american girl Mm -hmm. they have found me So this episode starts with Jughead narrating about the eve of war as all our our super adults uh, are convening in Archie's living room. Yes. And Percival does not know that they are back from the dead. So that's an advantage they will have for about four hours? Yeah, because it doesn't last very long and there's not like a big like, ha ha, we're back. Like that moment never happens. uh, the, the way they use this advantage is that everybody who's back from the dead, everybody that R- Percival doesn't know is still active, goes on different fact-finding missions. Yes. And so by the end, Percival still does not technically know, like he hasn't come face-to-face with anyone who's resurrected, even, even by the end. Yeah. Let me tell you, though, Archie, <laughs> Archie uh, coming back from the dead. Yeah. He needs a haircut. He needs a haircut real bad. Being dead didn't do anything for his hair. It looks awful. Also, he does nothing. He does one thing this entire episode. He's in like three minutes. Guess what? He does more than Tony and Fang. <laughs> they aren't, they're just not here. I'll say KJ Appa does a lot more than Archie does in this episode. How about that? Man. Yeah, yeah, that's, I'll take it. Except like, again, the hair. What's mm-hmm. with the hair? So everyone is convening in the living room. Yes. And they're they're just throwing out all the facts we know. This is a great episode so, to enter is on. It? Yes, it is, because they literally recap everything. They do. Everything that happens. If you need a Cliff Notes version, this is the episode. Yeah, every every fact we know about Percival and his plans that's important, it comes up here. And that's how we know these are the important ones. Like, FYI. Bailey's comment. Let's remember his family's got a history here. You remember when his ancestor like killed all all the entire tribe mm-hmm. of indigenous people who lived here? Yeah, let's remember that. That's a throwback. 
<laughs> Another throwback, not quite as far back, but uh, uh, the idea that there are no records of Percival. Uh, anybody who looked into his past... His Geraldo, Her- who's dead. Yeah, including Geraldo, including the Blossom Archives. Nobody has anything on this guy. Haven't mentioned that in a, a good long while, but yeah. that's important. Yes. Jughead points out the fact, you know, and like, let's let's also talk about the fact that, you know, our powers appeared when he did. And is it connected? And Archie's like, Jughead, do you have a theory on that? And he's like, yeah, I do. But I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> it's still cooking. You know, still, it's not ready. Still thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't want to share his junk draft. He's, he's got to, like, let it go through an edit pass. Yeah. So they're like, okay, well, we got to make a plan. We got to, like, figure out what our attack is. And Veronica's like, cool, I'm going to go to Babylonian because Percival <laughs> still lives there. So I'm going to go, like, sneak around. So, so, yeah, they say that their plan is for everybody to act natural so that they don't, like, reveal that secretly, you know, our handful of friends has returned from the grave. So the most normal thing Veronica can do is leave and be separated from the rest of the cast. Yes. Uh, so meanwhile, Cheryl's like, hey, sweet cousin, you need to pay a visit to Thornhill. I have something you need to see. Mm-hmm. So Betty is clearly thinking, ah, surprise birthday party. I knew it. Yeah. Her birthday or Cheryl's birthday or whose birthday? Who could say? But if Who somebody tells me, hey, you need to come to my palatial estate, I can't tell you why, and it's this time of year, I'm thinking surprise birthday party. I think dead body. <laughs> I think that there's a dead body that they need help with. I would say that's because we have different friends, but we don't. We have the same friends. Well, we know who they'd come to about a dead body. It'd be me before you. Let's be honest. And let's also be honest. You're going to get the surprise birthday parties. I will not. It happened one time. Yeah. And have I had a surprise birthday party in the past? I don't even get together with friends for my birthday because it's St. Patrick's Day times. Can't have a birthday in March without it being St. Patrick's Day. Down in the sex hole, Tabitha is getting that junk draft of Jughead's theory. See, Oh, she is getting that junk. It is the sex hole after all. Uh, But it starts with Jughead telling her about everything he went through two episodes ago. Three episodes ago? Uh, when he was passing out and, and being visited by Rivervale ghosts. Yeah, the ghosts, the food, the other jughead. And he's like, so here's the deal. I think I opened up a portal. Mm-hmm. And she's like, how? And he's like, well, I did some research. I need you to read uh, where this little yellow sticky note is. And there is there are some who theorize that mind reading is not truly mind reading per se. It is the ability to open parallel open portals into parallel worlds and eavesdrop from there. And, he, and she's like, so... Because I guess there are parallel worlds where some people just have no filter and everything comes out. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, so you're not a mind reader, but a portal opener? And he's like, yeah, just like you're not a time traveler, but an angel. <laughs> it's fine. It's this is fine. Mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. fine. We've accepted. It's fine. We're you're, not going to question. It's fine. You're an angel. You're a Taurus. These are things I know about you and weigh equally. <laughs> it is fine. Jughead is a planeswalker. <laughs> and she's like, okay, but like a portal to where? He's like, oh, not sure, but there's another Jughead. There's definitely another Pops. Keep hearing things that sound like our friends. 
So, another dimension? So he concentrates. He concentrates on the entryway tunnel that leads to the... the... That's not what happens. That's later. I did say our notes got a lot more detailed over the years. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, but but Jughead, we're, we're preparing for war in this dimension. Why are we worried about <laughs> another dimension? You know, he, he connects it all to the fact that, like, okay... Percival mm-hmm. appeared when there was an explosion. Yes. Our powers appeared when there was the explosion at mm-hmm. Percival. This is all connected. It's got to be. So, like, you want to go portal hopping with me? Mm-hmm. Want to hop on my portal? Hop, hop. In the sex hole? The, you're really reaching. <laughs> and it's not hard to reach. <laughs> you don't need to try this hard. <laughs> So so he stands up and he looks not, down. Not yet. <laughs> that's that's like there's like three little scenes before then. They, yeah. they they cut away from the scene before he yes. does it. After okay. he's like, hey, you want to go hop some portals? Okay. They cut away. So ba- back up on the surface of the earth, uh, Percival. <laughs> it's your favorite scene. Percival is visiting Alice in her home, or is he? <laughs> oh, <laughs> someone. Someone got COVID. Someone got COVID when it was time for pickups. That's the only explanation because they are not in the same room. Neither of them are in the room. It is so green screen. Both. They are in her house, but it is all green screen. Both Percival and Alice are are in the Cooper living room, but both actors are just sitting on like a a backless stool (laughs) in like somewhat tight close up so, so that you don't see any of the the props or anything it's not weird that there's only out of focus background behind them that they are like green screened onto it is so bad (laughs) maybe one of them like was on a movie or something when it was time for pickups and they but they were not in the same room good god no 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 they were not oh goodness but percival's there because he wants uh alice um Mm -hmm. To, to, you know, get involved uh, with uh, some broadcasting because he needs to broadcast the live execution of three people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Reggie, Think his dad, and Kevin. Think of the ratings. Come on. Well, and after he announces, like, hey, this is what's going to happen, she's like, wait, what? And he's like, no, no, no. Mind control ratings. And she's like, oh, this is oh, great. Yeah, this is a great idea. Yeah. We should have an interview. Let's mm-hmm. have an interview before the executions. Great idea. So Veronica's finally made it to her place of business, or is it? Because <laughs> as she arrives, she's approached by Babylonium's new security detail, the sheriff. <laughs> and Frank. And Frank. And she asks them, are those guillotines? And they say, yes. Also, you have to leave. We, we are here to escort you out. And I'm screaming inside, Veronica, just touch them. Just touch them and they will die. Who gives a shit? You're Veronica goddamn Lodge. Venom them. Just do it. Yeah, just spit on them. Just go Pleh. We all saw Umbrella Academy season three. Just, Be like Jamie. Yeah. Do it. Be like Jamie and die halfway through. Which sucks because I liked her. <laughs> liked her a lot. There's going to be someone who hasn't watched it who's going to be pissed at us for saying that. She was the best of the person-shaped sparrows. Was Christopher your favorite? You liked the cube, didn't you? I love a cube. You love a cube. I love a cube. So Veronica, instead of using her poison, decides to just leave. 
Mm-hmm. She's just like, okay, gonna leave. Why is the sheriff, the sheriff of the entire county, also moonlighting as casino security? Mind control. Mind, mind, mind control. control. It's mind control. What And what else is he gonna do? It's, it's not like Percival wants there to be law. We learn yeah. that later. Yeah. So what does he care? Okay. Uh, Cheryl has taken Betty to Thornhill to mm-hmm. meet Jason and Polly. Most of all, Polly. And as Polly stands up... Uh, Betty sees her aura. Yes, her golden aura. Oh. She is not murderous. She is holy and pure. Oh. And so Betty passes out. <laughs> Obviously. Immediately. So down in the sex hole. It is now time for Jughead no. to open a portal. Now it is time. So he stands up and he goes to the little tunnel that goes to the ladder. And this whole time, for the first time we've seen it in a, a, a good long while, it's fully lit. It's yeah. not this inky black this, uh, a void. Tabitha brought a light bulb with her. Yeah, there's actual safety standards. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so he, he's trying to focus, and he's like, it's just like opening a door. And he keeps repeating that to himself. And then the portal appears, and he says, hello, darkness, my old friend. And so they pass through, and inside River Vale's sex hole, where they're spit out, they see Jughead the World Engine, who is really not happy that, that uh, Dalehead has been ripping off his, like, fucking life. Yeah. Not cool, dude. Not cool. So they have the whole, like, what are you doing here? What? 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 And, uh, yeah, he goes off about how, like, you're stealing my stories. What do you mean your stories? You're hearing everything from here, and you're, like, stealing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Veilhead has gone pretty stir-crazy yes. down here. He's, uh, the, the weight of all of reality uh, being on his shoulders is getting to him. Also, the isolation. Where's Ethel? Uh, the boy needs someone to talk to. <laughs> this would be a great time to get him a hot dog. Yes, yes. Little puppy. Also, a hot dog. I don't. Uh, maybe his blood sugar's low. He might be kind of hungry. Veilhead explains, like shit about what was happening before the explosion and how like Rivervale uh, and Riverdale were like bleeding into each other mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, and how he fixed it. It got separated but now he has to be the steam engine that keeps the world chugga-chugga-chugging along. Yes. He has to be the battery. Mm-hmm. Dale heads like, man, that sucks. And he's like, yeah, yeah it does. It I am trapped in this sex hole and there is no sex. <laughs> It's a, it's a burnout hole. And so then he explains how, like, the portal opened and uh, he heard Dale Head typing away. And he was like, okay, like, I'm, I'm going to go, like, see what you're writing because I'll use it for inspiration. And that's when he found out that, like, Jughead was just writing everything he heard so that he stole his stuff. You think that's what he's really upset about? Like, I thought I was on easy street. I thought I had some help out here. And you're just writing shit I already knew. I'm not disappointed you're stealing from me. I'm disappointed that you're useless to me. I got my hopes up. He just wanted some good old fan fiction of some sort to read. <laughs> he has only been able to read the same stuff constantly. Like, he has no Wi-Fi down there. There was this one story you had that really, really inspired me. It's called All the Snakes of the Forest. <laughs> yes. That kept the lights on over here for a month. Just been waiting for part two and it never came. Like, why'd you give up on that? <laughs> Dalehead explains, like, well, you know, the portal closed because Percival killed me. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's why you weren't able to go over anymore. And so he inquires as if there's a version of him over here. Mm-hmm. And uh, Veilhead does not know of anyone. But of of another Percival. Of another Percival. But he's like, you know, I don't really leave the bunker mm-hmm. ever. It's pretty clear. I, I live here. I don't know. <laughs> oh. And so they start to theorize. Like, what if... What if what's happening to your world that that is now suddenly even darker and supernatural, when you say that wasn't the case before, always has been over here. I don't know what your problem is. What if River Vale is leaking into Riverdale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if? What if somebody's been saying that for months? Congratulations. Over here in this world. Congratulations. I really like this scene because Cole Sprouse is playing me. <laughs> Cole Sprouse is playing a really wound up, excitable dude who doesn't get out as much as he should, who's just trying to explain the events of the television program Riverdale and sounding insane. Yeah. It's totally you and it's great. This this past weekend, I was on a charity stream called uh, Prepare to Give, hosted by the Range Touch Network. They raised over $50,000. Oh, dang! Yeah, amazing. Over fifty thousand dollars for uh, uh for the Bridget Alliance. The fundraiser is closed now, but the charity is still available. Please check it out. They do great work. But while I was on there, people in the chat, uh, some of them were Sex Archie listeners. Oh. Hello, hello to you. And so Riverdale stuff came up, and I got asked about it. And you know how my my weakness as a superhero is that I cannot not answer a question that is asked? Yeah. It just kept coming. It just... (laughs) Riverdale just kept pouring out of me. And I wanted to stop. I wanted to stop. But people kept asking questions. And I wanted to, like, divert to other topics. Josh was there. He doesn't know shit about this shit. I wanted to involve (laughs) him as well as the other special guest for that segment. And I felt mortified at what I was doing, but I couldn't help myself. (laughs) That's the scene. That's the scene. The people wanted it, though. They, they that, wanted it. That's what Cameron kept telling me. Cameron, one of the regular hosts, of, one of the members of the Range Touch Network, one of the, the host of the stream. Uh, but, oh my goodness. That's what happens any time Riverdale comes up. Is I it just, know. When I try it just goes. I, it's like a waterfall and you can't stop it. It happened at the 4th of July party a little bit. It did. Oh, it just did. A little we went bit. to a just barbecue a and it just kept... But they seemed into it. They, they, we they sold kept asking them. the questions. They did. It was their own fault. They're just feeding the fire. I can stop as soon as the questions do. I promise. It's no different than people asking me about, you know, where tragic deaths happened in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Historically. Mm-hmm. No one really asks me that, but if, like, people did, I would be so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we have got to see what's touring in the city. Oh, to actually see it? No, 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 no. For the alley behind the theater? The alley of death and mutilation. Yes. And then? Then you get putting. At some point, uh, when talking about the difficulties of these visitors traveling up above in Rivervale proper... Uh, uh, Vale had mentioned something called the Great Forgetting. He does not elaborate. <laughs> just since the Great Forgetting. And that just hangs in the air. I mean, I guess this is like when he went down there and it like reset everything. Yeah. I'm assuming yeah. it's just that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one asks for an explanation. Um, seems like maybe they should. But they're just like, oh, well, we'll go up top and we'll make sure we don't like encounter ourselves and it'll be fine. Because that would be very bad. That would be very bad and dangerous. 
But then, like, Jughead's like, wait, but, like, aren't you my counter? So, like, I'm not going to encounter myself. And he's like, oh, no, no, there are two of us here. Uh, the other one's up there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're the three. You can't forget narrator Jughead. Yeah. Or Veil Jughead too. Yes. Which I will say, one thing I do really like about this episode is how distinctly different all three Jugheads are. Yes, yes. Their their hair is all done uh, differently. All very Jughead, but all differently. Uh, their costuming, but mostly but it is acting. Cole Sprouse's energy that he brings yes. to all three of them. They're all slightly different. It's really great. It's the League of Jugheads. What did we say the last League week? League of Jugheads. It's happening. Only two at a time, maximum two. They don't all three get together. Um, so they're like, okay, well, like, we'll go up, you know, we can go talk to, like, Nana and Cheryl. They still live at Thornhill, right? <laughs> Balehead tries to explain it with the whole, like, well, this happened and this and then Abigail and the body and the... Du-. It, is, it is great. He sums up the witch episode of Rivervale in, like, four seconds. And it's I, amazing. I love it. I love it. And that really, I think, is captures the yes, feeling of yes. us talking. That's when I did the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing. Is it? That, yeah, 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 yeah. Against his, you know, warning, Tabitha and Jughead go up the sex hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll go check up on them later. I don't like the sound of going up the sex hole. <laughs> up the sex hole. I don't like the sounding of going up the sex hole. <laughs> um, so it's time for Alice's interview of Percival. Uh, but... But that brings us to a commercial break with the title card, River Vale. Oh! Uh, So, yes, time for this live interview of Percival with Alice. And he's like, so, the year is 1580. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was on the ship called the Ruby Pearl. You might think that this story of of settling in, in 1580 predates Jamestown. And you'd be correct. It even predates Roanoke. (laughs) <laughs> so when Percival says the founding colonists, he means it. He means it. He's <laughs> the founding colonists because he was part of the Ruby Pearl that brought passengers to uh, found the first colony along a river so sweet. Yes. And she's like, "Oh, do you mean Sweetwater River?" Yes, they, I do. They called it Sweetwater Village. Um, and among those settlers. Asher Andrews, yes, Blessing Cooper, mm-hmm. James Jones, and Charity Blossom. I've never known the Blossoms to be very charitable, <laughs> but I don't know, at least it wasn't Chastity Blossom. <laughs> and so he talks about how, like, you know, they all went about, like, building up Sweetwater Village, doing their good, like, settler business. And his settler business was to really uh, uh, colonize the metaphysical. He decided to study witchcraft. Witchcraft and sorcery. Well, yeah. Very you, different things. You don't want to get pigeonholed in, in today's economy? God, no. Uh, and so when he was doing some of his uh, activities in the woods, which translates to stabbing a girl who's tied to a table in the middle of the woods, who might be Brenna. Might be, we, we don't really get a, a like close-up of the face, but... It, I like to think that they're, they're giving Britta an ancestor in yes. deep time as well. Filter. What's Britta's last name? Do we know? <laughs> it's Beach. It's Britta Beach. So Filter Beach. Filter Beach. Filter Beach is going to be executed by Percival. Moen Beach. <laughs> but before he can do his witchcrafty act, mm-hmm. Asher Andrew spots him. Yes. And he is brought up in front of the town, and he is 
tried for his crimes, and he is set to be executed. Bum, bum, bum. And Alice asks him, what What were these crimes for which you, which you were accused? And, and he simply says, in as plain as anyone has ever said, I was trying to conjure the devil, Alice. <laughs> and so the way they were executing him was uh, leaving him in... In a stockade. In a stockade in the middle of the woods to starve and be exposed to the elements and just die. Two weeks ago, he was feeling very familiar feelings. Yes. I guess he didn't know um, his little grasshopper trick at that time. He was still a witchcraft and sorcery baby. Okay. He was a little novice. He was so novice, he wasn't able to actually conjure the devil. But he did, like, ring the devil's doorbell, which made him curious. Yeah, and the devil's like, what's up? And so the devil made a deal with him that if he would sell him his soul... He would get his freedom. Grasshoppers work much cheaper. Meanwhile, over at Thornhill, uh, Betty wakes up and Polly's there and she's like, oh my God, is it really you? And they hug and they have a moment. And then Betty just starts word vomiting apologies (laughs) for everything she's ever done wrong. But Polly, Polly had a lot of time to think while, you know, dead. dead. She's had a lot of changes of heart. Like when Polly was last alive, uh, early season five, she and Betty had a very, very strained relationship. Yes. Uh, things were tense and fractured, but now she she's above it. She's healed. She's forgiven herself. She's forgiven Betty. She uh, uh, realizes that there's nothing to forgive Betty for. She did nothing wrong, but she does anyway because she loves her. Yes. Betty's just like, they're telling me I'm the harlot of Babylon. You can't forgive me. <laughs> I can't get into heaven. And Polly asks... Who told you that? And she does not get the answer, a witch. <laughs> Instead, Polly uh, counters by saying that even harlots can go to heaven. And, and just like grace wash over you, Betty. Let it in. The rest of this episode, the Polly subplot sounds like a really extended altar call. Yeah. Polly found Jesus. Polly totally found Jesus. I mean, she went to heaven. Where else would you expect to find him? But that is the story here. Polly has heard the good news and wishes to share it. I mean, honestly, that's the only way I'm going to find Jesus. (laughs) If I just suddenly end up there and like, well, I guess it was right. (laughs) So, like, it's not explicitly religious. Okay, I'm thinking of a certain scene later. The, the J word, he is never named. No. We, we talk about grace. We do not talk about faith. We do not talk about salvation. We talk about the sweet thereafter. We talk about the sweet thereafter and grace. We're, that's, that's the line. That's the line. I mean, Betty does say heaven straight out, but... Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about Bible stories. We're going to do some biblical imagery, but we're not going to say the Bible is the truth. Or Jesus. You're going to think it, though. You're going to think it, Oh, it is like in your face, Jesus. (laughs) So so meanwhile, uh, Veronica is at her office, Mm -hmm. and she's talking to herself, saying, as if I wouldn't be able to access security cameras remotely, you idiots. Yeah, this is her home office back back at her place. And so she's on her laptop accessing the security cameras, totally like, ha, 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 take this. I've burst, I've busted the firewall. I'm in. (laughs) And what does she see first? She sees Reggie and Kevin and Mr. Mantle in a room and he's having a heart attack. 
Yeah, it, it's the same small room where they were locked up. It's like the vault. It's it's the spare room full of chips, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so... We see chips. We don't see, like, cash or anything else well, you'd expect to have in the, a that's vault. That's in the other vault. They, they have two vaults? Yeah, yeah. That's it, probably a good idea. That is a really actually. good idea because, like, you, it takes a lot of time to break into a vault and you only get, like, half of it then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, you need a vault to, like, keep bodies. So, CS, uh, Father Mantle clutches his heart and falls down, and then we cut from the security camera to actual television presentation yes. in the room. And, uh, and, like, Kevin starts, like, yelling, like, we need help. You know, they're freaking out about what's going on. And it's immediately clear to the practiced viewer of adventure television that this is a ruse. Oh, yeah. And it is. So So as Frank and uh, Sheriff Keller rush in to see what's going on, Reggie takes Sheriff Keller hostage with the knife he had in his sock. Yes, he's got him in a headlock with the dagger of Megiddo up to his throat. Yes. Uh, Frank pulls his gun and is holding it, you know, pointing at Reggie, who's got Keller. And Frank has a strategy for talking everybody down and spoiling everybody's escape plans because he wants everybody to know that his gun is not pointed at Reggie Mantle. It's pointed at Tom Keller. Yes. And he's going <laughs> to kill Tom Keller and then it'll be Reggie's fault. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Kevin and Mr. Mantle, you are like two feet from Frank. The two of you can take him. But would Kevin risk losing his father at a time like this? I've I've seen a lot of people, like, fake medical conditions to get their jailer to come open the door. I don't think I've ever seen two sides take the same hostage like this before. <laughs> Reggie lets him go because he doesn't want Kevin's dad's blood on his hands. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Frank's whole thing about how Tom and I are both soldiers. We both know that as soon as that do- this door opened, one of us could die. And we're cool with that, are you? Uh, and Kevin tries to talk to his dad like, Dad, like, you know, Percival's controlling you. Like, you gotta, like, come around. And Keller is like... Oh my god, oh the my most god. severe... Bur- like, this is child abuse of a grown man. He's like, hey, Kevin, when Percival executes you... He's going to make you more famous than you ever could have been on your own. Jesus Christ. What the fuck? I wish Frank did shoot you. That's why I'm like, come on, guys. Risk Keller getting killed. He's not worth it. Kevin will be better off. Oh, my God. And the sad thing is it's true. Yeah. They keep inventing reasons for him to never leave this town. But but at the same time, if this live television execution is getting a nationwide audience, where's the governor? Where's the national where, fucking where is, Where's the Justice and, Department? And they're like advertising it. They're talking. Yes. It's not like a surprise broadcast. It's fucking Jerry's like, Kids Telethon, but with murder at the end. Tune in at seven. Like... Uh, so over in Rivervale, <laughs> Jughead and Tabitha go to Thornhill, and Britta answers the door. Yes, the, the rebuild of Britta lets the visitors in after trying to, to get them to, to go to the university instead, where, where the records have gone. Well, I mean, she she definitely wants them to come in because she is so fucking excited to see Jughead. Yeah. She is a big super fan. She is, she is. But she's she's pulled in two directions because there's some stuff inside that takes some explaining. 
Yeah, but she's also like a super fan and like this is her dream come true and it is so great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so once they find out, yeah, the archives aren't there, they're like, hey, can we talk to Nana? And they're like, um, so here's what happened. When Nana transferred into Cheryl's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. body, her old ailments transferred too. So the body is young, but Nana's dementia and other ailments transferred. So, so yeah, uh, Madeline Petch as Nana as Abigail. Yes. Is spending this entire scene just v- slumped in a chair, kind of drooly, the big milky eye. Yeah. What While Britta is there like, well, I have instructions that says you cannot come in, but the not is in parentheses. So I'm not really sure how to, what to do with this. Uh, so Tabitha like brain speaks to Jughead mm-hmm. and she's like, hey. You should go in Nana, Abigail, whoever she is, brain. Try to talk to her through her brain. I love this scene. This and is so another great scene. They they get Britta to go make some tea. And Jughead sits down and he, he you know, brain jumps. Does the brain jump. It's it's And her oh, desk so is her desk is out of an Adams family movie. It's just like inches thick of dust There's and cobwebs. He and goes to pick up like one of the comics and it's just like disintegrating. Yeah, yeah, it's all rotten and faded, and uh, uh, the the paper is falling apart. the The title of her comics is Rosie because she's Nana Rose, but it's in the the font and title treatment as Josie. Yes, to to keep our classic Archie thing going. And he tries to open up one of the comics to read it, and it just disintegrates even more, which is a really great representation of this like dementia. Right, it's so good. It's so good all the like brain space visits are so good i i love them i love how they make them unique mm-hmm, to the character mm-hmm. i i think this was a, like one of the best ones too especially yeah, somebody for, like, with it. somebody in this writing room really enjoyed psychonauts and was like how can we do that with just a desk <laughs> you know um so he he comes out and he's like that ain't gonna work that's a lost shot um, and Britta quickly comes back and she's like, hey, Jughead, will you sign my comics? And she hands over one called the Super Teens. Britta is a huge fan of the Super Teens. You know, the, the world's most popular comic book written by Jughead Jones of Riverdale. You, right? That is you, right? Yeah. Uh, you know how the Super Teens have an arch nemesis named Percy the Perverse. How perverse is he? Uh, and so the the cover on the comic is all of the gang in their super suits with their superpowers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is directly inspired by the Super Teens book from, you know, Archie of decades past, but in a, a style that fits in with contemporary Archie comics. Yes. I had a hunch of which cover artist that has done Super Teens stuff in recent years it was. Uh, uh, that did this, but it doesn't quite match up. I have a question in the the uh, official Archie Discord to try to find who drew this to, to name them. It's Jughead! But, like, in real-world credits, I do not know who did it. In the narrative, in the narrative, sure, Jughead does his own covers, but Jughead does it all. I want, I want to know who to credit for this art. The same way I want to know who to credit for acting. Those names are readily available. But come on, come on. Uh, so they keep asking uh, more questions of Britta about it. And she's like, is, is this a 
quiz? Like, okay, let me just keep answering them because maybe you'll sign my comic book. <laughs> um, and he's like, wait, so do I like still like sit at Pops and like do all my writing there? And she's like, yeah, you like never leave the booth. And he's like, great. And he like rushes out and doesn't sign her comic. Mm-hmm. How rude. <laughs> so rude. The super teens of Rivervale. Yeah. Archie's costume is exactly the same as Pure Heart the Powerful in reality. Yeah. Betty's too. Jughead, the chest emblem has changed. Yeah. Veronica has had big differences in her costume to sell the whole, like, poison toxin theme, but make it heroic. Mm-hmm. While Cheryl and Tabitha have been added. Cheryl yes. and Tabitha are typically not super teens. Tabitha, of course, does not exist in the continuities where the super teens have been a thing. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, over at Thornhill, Cheryl's really, like, using her time wisely and having Jason sit for a very exquisite portrait. Yeah, he's in his little smoking jacket looking all smart. The ghost train. Cheryl the ghost train. (laughs) She's a really fast painter, I guess? It's, uh, coming down the tracks. Come on, Cheryl. She's like, you know, I love sitting here in silence with you, brother, but, like, are you glad to be back? And he's like... Oh, yeah, I'm so glad I don't have to fight in that war. Cheryl is forced against her will to be useful in in everyone's fact-finding quests. So after she has a little chat with him, she rushes off to Archie and she's like, Hey, I know why Percival's building the ghost train, and it's because he's pulling the dead to fight for him. This makes so much sense that I wish it was someone's plan. Like, okay, we have some of the dead. Let's ask them what was going on with the souls of the dead. <laughs> and, and yeah, you know this, this ghost train that talks about ghosts? Like, you were dead. You might have been a ghost. Know anything about that? Anything at all? So yeah, Percival has been communing with the Elder Pickens, who we just learned doesn't exist. Wait a minute, what the fuck? To to be his his career day recruiter... Hey, kids, you want to see the world? In in order to, yeah, gin up a bunch of soldiers to ride the ghost train for him. Yes. Archie's like, great, so there's still time. And Veronica, or Cheryl's like, what are you talking about? To build a bomb! (laughs) We're gonna blow up the ghost train! This is the smartest plan Archie has had in six seasons. The only thing Archie does in this whole entire episode is build a fucking bomb. But... Like, fucking cut the Gordian knot here. We've been trying so hard to just not build the the tracks. What if we blow up the tracks? Sabotage. Again, I said it three weeks ago. (laughs) Veronica, it's her turn to come bring the news. And she's like, so Reggie Kevin and Mr. Mantle are prisoners of war. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be executed. I love that it's three guillotines. You know, we got to save time. Yeah. We're burning daylight here. Let's go. Let's go. And so what they figure out is they need to get them out first before Archie blows up the train tracks. So that way they're not executed sooner. You don't want to force his hand. He's got leverage. Yes. So meanwhile, at Thornhill, Betty wakes up from a nap. And she's Uh, having evil nightmares! She is having this uh, flashing dream of being the FBI and a bleeding mouth harlot of Babylon. Equal in my sight. No, I much prefer the harlot. And so when she wakes up, Polly's like, oh, how'd you sleep? And she's like, I'm definitely not feeling full of grace. (laughs) Really not grace over here. 
Things are not good. So, so yeah, Polly still believes in uh, uh, the the transformative and redemptive power of of grace, of you know the importance of intentions and belief. While while Betty is a Calvinist. <laughs> Because she believes that it was determined at birth whether or not she she uh, uh, is damned to hell. And for her, yes, very much so, yes. She goes through explaining a bunch of the stuff she feels guilty for, killing the cat, breaking up with Jughead. Yeah, yeah. When, when Polly presses her on, okay, if you're the harlot of Riverdale, what what is your harlotry? And she's like, uh... I kissed a boy when I was halfway through breaking up with another boy. And Polly's like, seriously? <laughs> That's it. Seriously? You know what I did for a living? I went to heaven. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so Betty also fills her in on like, well, I did a lot of biblical research, you know, not just on the harlot, but on Cain. And I marked just like him. Not only does it come out that I was correct, we're calling her a harlot because she kissed two boys within one week in high school. I can't believe I called that. I'm so upset that I, for once, I don't like that I was right. But also, did you know the serial killer gene is the mark of Cain? <laughs> what? They've stopped calling it the serial killer gene in dialogue. It's the M-O-I-A or whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't remember what the things are. But we're going to keep calling it the serial killer gene. Because and not the mark of Cain. Yeah, we're, we're just going to split the difference on that one. <laughs> That's where she's all like, I'm marked. I've been marked since birth. It's in my DNA. Everybody tells me that I'm evil. And the three examples she gets are a brainwashed person, her mother, deep under uh, the thrall of Percival, an alcoholic hitting rock bottom, Jughead's cruel and, and horrible voicemail that Before was a Before he thing. went to see the Rat King. Yes, on the night of the Rat King. And a masked serial killer. <laughs> I, I don't think these are the things to go off of, Betty. TBK, not her dad. We didn't really want to pile it on too much, I guess. But still, I don't find any of these trustworthy sources. No. So over at Pops in Rivervale... Jughead and Tabitha are, like, looking through the windows from the parking lot, and they're, like, trying to make a plan. You know, Jughead's like, I can't, I can't, like, just walk in there and be like, hey, me, what are you, a wizard? People are always asking people if they're wizards lately. <laughs> and, by, and by lately, I mean, like, over the last three months, well, and but then still. Jughead turns to Tabitha, and he's like, wait, is, like, everyone in this universe a wizard? <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Reggie would love this universe Everyone's so much. Everyone's a wizard. He wants to be a wizard. He wants to be a wizard so bad, but the best he got is ventriloquist. So Tabitha's like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to wait till Tabitha takes the trash out, and then I'm going to put her in a time loop. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I'm going to go in, and I'm going to get Jughead to follow us to the apartment. But before we can see that clever plan enacted, we have to go back to uh, the talk show. Yes. And we get more backstory. You see, uh, uh, when Percival was in the stocks, before he, he signed his soul away, there was some negotiation. He traded up for both freedom and immortality. Which, I don't know if his soul was worth that much. Like, why'd the devil give him so much shit? <laughs> uh, but, I bet the devil has a plan. But he's all like, yeah, so like, if you, you know... You can't claim soul if you don't die. Ha ha ha. And so then he spent the next 400 years mm -hmm. getting knowledge to destroy Rivervale. Uh, Alice is like, wait, what? Did you 
what's that? And and he explains, oh yes, it's a parallel world much like your own. So yes, I was going to bring it up earlier, but I decided to wait until now. Yet again, they made the mistake that the Coopers and Blossoms were separate families that existed many, many years ago. But it's a consistent inconsistency. That's just the way it was in Rivervale. It doesn't reflect on the reality of Riverdale. Yes. I love it. Also, North America was uh, uh, settled by white Europeans 20, 30 years earlier in Rivervale than in Riverdale. So that's how we explain all these things. <laughs> Uh, and so he explains that when he was heading back to Rivervale after those 400 years, he heard an explosion and then the welcome to Rivervale sign suddenly said, welcome to Riverdale. Mm-hmm, and he realized mm-hmm. that he had stepped through a rift into a different universe. Yeah, just by and- coincidence, after he had uh, uh, finally felt himself prepared to enact his horrible, monstrous vengeance on the descendants of those who wronged him. As soon as he stepped into town, it was a different town. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And what I love is, after explaining all this, Alice is like, I'm with you so far. (laughs) Are you? Are you? Because, like, I'm with it because I've watched the past how many months. But, like, I don't think a lot of people are with this. This... Kind of settles in with how he's reacted to Tabitha over the season. Yeah. He seemed to have a special thought about her, and it's because he didn't know any Tates. They came on a different boat, shall we say. Shall we say. Oh, yeah. They weren't there. And he left town 400 years ago. So his, like, interest in her, his curiosity in her is because, like, I knew a Jones, I knew a Cooper, I knew an Andrews. I didn't know no Tates. I don't know what your deal is. You're special. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, what? Well, you know, then I saw this opportunity. You know, I'm now the most powerful person in this universe. And there's versions of the descendants of my enemies. So, like, I can kill them and no one can stop me. But then they all started getting powers. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> His theory, and there is a separate theory that will come later, but his theory is that, you know, the, the universe seeks balance. You know, water finds its level is the, is the metaphor he uses. The universe wanted a more equal fight. If he's going to bring a 400 years of studious mastery over both sorcery and witchcraft, mm-hmm. the, the least his opponents can have is a little pyrokinesis. Especially since he's going to be even more powerful with his ghost train and the comet, etc. All that stuff. Gotta watch out for that comet. Bailey's comet is barreling toward us. So meanwhile, over at Thornhill, this is where shit gets weird. (laughs) You think? Polly's like, hey Betty, let me wash your feet. She's got some water in a basin. She invites her, her little sister to sit down and have her feet washed. And she's like, there. Your serial killer gene is gone. You're no longer marked like Kane. You're fine. And Betty's like, You washed my what? feet. And Polly's like, Yeah, it worked. <laughs> She's like, Someone did this for me before I walked into the suite hereafter. So, this I think is the closest we get to actually mentioning Big JC. 
Yeah. Are, are we hinting that Polly was in, like, a, a, some sort of purgatorial state, and, and then she got a knock on the door for, for the, the touching blood of Christ? I guess. I think I think, I think so. they're going for that. I think so, right? I'm going to be honest, I kind of, for a moment, like, for three seconds, forgot what Polly was up to in the last season, and was like, did Edgar wash her feet? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe Edgar saved her soul, and she also had a tense family situation afterward. Yeah! Just because you fight with your sister doesn't mean you don't go to heaven. I mean, let's be honest, Chad Michael Murray is a very, like, easy transfer to a depiction of Jesus. They ha- they have the same workout regimen, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back in Rivervale, Tabitha takes out the trash, and Tabitha puts her into a time loop of taking out the trash. Tabitha got some cool powers. Mm-hmm. As an angel. It was pretty interesting, the idea that she could travel to any point in time, but only one point in space. Yeah. That would be a great stand fight. That is not how things go in Riverdale. Or Rivervale, apparently. It's just like, I do time stuff. I do... I know how to do more things now. Ever since I became an angel, I just do time stuff. Jughead also, like, does things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine. They just all su- They know out. how to do more things. Betty still just sees glowiness. She finally got a second color. <laughs> Jughead <laughs> found out that his power all along has been magic portals to anywhere, including parallel worlds. And he can just make them. And Betty's power is two colors now. And Veronica hasn't had it dawned on her that she can just go kill the bad people. She can just give Percival a big hug. Just like, uh, be, be swayed, be swayed by his, his offer. And as your, his new partner, give a big sh- handshake. Done, done, it's done. No, no, we're not going to do that. And Archie could just go like, Tear up the railroad, but instead he's like, bomb. Well, bombs are way cooler. Bombs are way cooler. I cannot fault him for wanting to make a bomb. Vale Tabitha is just blinking in this circle around back of the restaurant over and over again, while Dale Tabitha walks in to to see narrator Jughead uh, at work on his book, and he's like, hey, you're dressed in regular clothes. And she says, hey, let's leave. And so she takes him back to their... Uh, his apartment that he shares with, you know, other Tabitha. With who he thinks he's with. And he's like, you know, like, you're starting to freak me out. And she's like, just be prepared for more. Like, this is just the beginning of it. And there's Jughead meeting Jughead. And Jughead isn't too shocked about this. He's just like, mm, yeah, multiverse. I love that shit. He's like, I believed in that before it was cool. Mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. yep. Uh, so he's happy to help. He is happy to help. Uh, and so they're like, okay, so like, where did you get the inspiration for the powers? And he's like, oh, they just seem like a good fit. Okay, but like, what about the villain? Oh, that's a reoccurring nightmare. <laughs> yeah, he's been having dreams of, of Percy the perverted. Excuse me, perverse. Perverse, sorry. And they're like, okay, so how do like, they defeat him in your comic? Oh! Here's they, the best part. They don't. They don't. Um, <laughs> They all, uh... Die. <laughs> they all die. His next story coming out unpublished, he, he shows some, some unpublished roughs of Death of the Super Teens because he made a deal with a very powerful figure that he would become the most successful comic book author in all of history. But the price was that all of his stories would be grim. 
He yes. could never write a happy ending. They're like, why the fuck would you do that? <laughs> uh, and so, well, who did you make a deal with? Oh, his name was Mr. Cypher. Oh, the devil? He's the devil. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, and Tabitha's like, my friend in the sweet hereafter warned me about him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and like, oh, yeah, like, he's he's here. Uh, Mr. Cypher is over at the Babylonium. He has a chess tournament uh, that they're calling the ultimate battle between good and evil. Who is promoting these chess matches? Alice. <laughs> and how hard up for events is Vale Veronica? Very I guess if they can advertise that it is the actual Satan, that would get people to watch. But just a chess tournament? It's not really burning up ESPN. Uh, so over in uh, Riverdale, uh, Betty looks at herself in a mirror mm-hmm. and checks out her own aura. And she's so happy because it's bright gold, baby. Because that feet washing worked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She bleached herself. Down to the genetic level. <laughs> What if it was bleach in the bowl? And that, like, just, like, souped the, the ser- serial killer gene out. Regular listeners of the show, in this, our 115th Riverdale recap episode, will know how much I enjoy the facial expressions of Lily Reinhardt. Yeah. And there are two moments in this episode that really have that going for it. It is this, where she is just in blissful joy at seeing her golden aura, and also the fun little evil faces she makes in her her nightmare. Yeah. It's it's fun. Uh, so back at the Babylonian in Rivervale, the chess tournament is is been going. We're mm-hmm. coming up to the end. And uh, we and will recognize these faces from Rivervale. And Riverdale. Too. Well, yeah, but they got the same yes. Mr. Mr. Lewis Cipher, and yes, the return of original Raphael uh, uh, to to reprise their characters. Yeah, who was in the suite hereafter? Yeah, so yeah, recently too. He, he had a, a midpoint, but you know, Mr. Cipher hasn't since. Yeah, then. Uh, and so they're the ones playing, uh, and there's some checkmate going on, and Mr. Cipher wins. Yes, because that's what checkmate is. And they're like, this is not a good sign. Mm-hmm, the devil mm-hmm. just won. If the symbols of Rivervale are becoming truth in Riverdale, they are so fucked. Uh, and so while they're freaking out about all this, they happen to be in Mr. Cypher's office. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, and he, he wanders in. And so they're like, hey, do you know a Percival Pickens? And he's like, oh, yeah, that dude who thought he could cheat me by never dying so I don't get a soul. Yeah, I'll get a soul one of these days. They're like, well, he's in Riverdale. Oh, I can't do anything about that. Cosmic laws and stuff. But, you know, thanks for the tip, I guess. And like, dude, he's giving you a hint. He's wide open. Make a deal with him now in exchange for him collecting on this soul that is currently uncollectible. He loves that shit. Just ask this Veronica. Is it, like, because it's a different universe, he, like, can't go over because there's the different devil? Does that explain how Sabrina's devil dad It's the exists? same, I mean, it's the same Raphael, or maybe it's two Raphaels that just look the same the way it's three Jugheads that look the same. I couldn't, I couldn't, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I don't know, but they're saying something about cosmic laws. Like, what if, I don't, mm. But the devil does give them some more fun information. By laughing in their face, essentially, uh, at the idea that they've taken precautions against Percival's plans. Yes. 
Tabitha explains how, like, oh, well, Percival wanted Pops and wanted it destroyed, so, like, we moved it, so we still have it, so we can still use it against him in this war. And he's like, oh, you fucking idiots. It wasn't Pops, it was the land. You the think he cares about jukeboxes? You moron? You utter rube? It's like, it's the land because the land is where he was left to die that, and where we made the deal. That is so cool. That is good. I love it. Uh, he also goes on to say that it's also the site of a hellmouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and often, you know, churches would be built there to to keep things quiet, you know, to keep things locked in. Plug it up, put a and, stopper in there. And you've uncorked it when you moved pops. So... You're fucked. If hell has a mouth, then your local church is a ball gag. (laughs) And so Pops, as the holiest site in Riverdale, was performing that duty, and it has been removed! They're fucked. So that is why Percival has allegedly been getting stronger ever since the foundation of Pops Royale. Meanwhile, this, like, 12-hour interview between (laughs) Alice and Percival is still going on. Also, I want to note that Mr. Cypher is pretty rude when he drinks. I mean, he's the devil after all, but he could just say, okay, nice chatting, bye, instead of whatever he says when he leaves. He he, mm, rubs me the wrong way, that guy. Not a nice guy, the devil. Uh, so in this interview, they're continuing on like, oh, well, Percival, Mr. Mayor, tell me, when the epic battle is over, uh, what does your Riverdale look like? And he's like... We're asking the question that I've wanted an answer to the entire se- the entire season, since Percival entered it. Yes. And so he goes on about how, you know, when he was coming over to the New World, uh, you know, everyone was talking about their hopes, their dreams, their worker rights. Whatever those are. What those are is lies. He- what he wants mm-hmm. is land controlled by the dark arts. Yes. And he wants the sovereign state of Percival, where he can control every last bit of it, including the dead. He describes this savage, brutal, like, fucked up state of nature, uh, uh, killer be killed society, where he is also an absolute despot over every detail of everything. Yes. So yeah, he he does not want the law because he certainly doesn't want justice. He wants people beating each other over the head with rocks and him to be the the king of all rock beatings. Yes. That's that's the ideal world, a world where Percival controls every thought, every action, and everyone's just a fucking monster all day long. His dreams. And and just the way he delivers this in his calm, precise Fun little fancy boy accent. It's good. It's really good, actually. He's like, and so, Alice, we have an execution to get to. There there have been good acting moments from Percival, but this one, the one he yeah. really had to hit, is his best the whole season, in, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Back over in Rivervale, uh, yeah. Jughead and Tabitha have come back to the sex hole, and they see Ethel yelling the fuck at Jughead. With her little flamingo sweater, before we say some slanderous things to to poor Ethel Muggs, because Rivervale's Ethel Muggs has become a very unpleasant person, she is wearing a darling sweater. Yes, it's got a little little flamingo. It's very cute. She is going off at him about how things were supposed to be a clean break, Mm -hmm. um, but everything's bleeding into each other, Mm -hmm. so like something got fucked up. 
And so when Jughead and Tabitha get there, she's like, what happened? Were you near the explosion? Like, what happened? It's like, oh, yeah, I was. And so it was Betty and Archie. And so it comes out that Archie, that Betty received a phone call mid-coitus with a warning to run out of the house, which possibly saved their life, but also the superpowers didn't hurt. Uh (laughs) And Ethel turns and looks at Veilhead and just starts wailing on it. Like, I knew it! I knew it! You couldn't stop yourself from calling your ex-girlfriend! You still love her! You couldn't just let it go when, like, the whole world depended on this and you ruined it! She's not mad at him for keeping a, a, a slight connection between the universes that is causing this bleed and all this problems. She's not worried about the metaphysics, the, like, string theory bullshit of it, which is what Rivervale Ethel would have been as presented in the early part of the season, the Rivervale miniseries. She's a bit upset about that. But that seems more like a container for what she's really angry about, talking to Betty at all. She's become so possessive of the special man living in her hole, and I do not (laughs) like this relationship. It's a bad situation. I don't think Jughead likes living in her hole either. (laughs) He doesn't like being the gnome. (laughs) There's not a lot of room to move around. He wants to stretch his legs. Um, and so they just, like, she just keeps yelling at him. And Jughead and Tabitha are like, we're, we're just gonna we're go. We're just gonna go. And they do. Uh, and <laughs> so they head out. They get back to Riverdale. And they're like, okay, now we gotta tell everybody what we learned. And I'm just imagining what the group chat is with all of our, like, 12 people or however many are involved now. So... Over at Archie's house, we got Archie, we got Betty, we got Cheryl, we got Veronica. They're, they're like, trying to come up with a plan about what they're going to do. Uh, like, Heather's looking for some spells, but, like, nothing's coming up, etc., etc. And then Jughead and Tabitha rush in. And they're like, okay, we got some intel. We know what's going on. And they're like, okay, well, we got some news, too. Kevin, Reggie, and his dad are totally prisoners of war, and they're going to be executed. So, and Jughead's like, oh, okay, I can fix that. I can do this. I, yeah, I, I can help with that. So Jughead makes a portal into the room. Mm-hmm. And into and, their, their cell slash vault. And it's like, hey, I heard you guys were in trouble and I came to save you. Let's walk through my portal. And they're like, okay, cool. So, Re- so there goes Reggie and Kevin and Reggie's confused dad. <laughs> this is the first time he's seen magic. Yeah. Yeah. And so once they're out, Veronica, because she's looking through the security camera, I guess, and also they just came through the portal, is like, hey, Archie, blow the train. And so Archie blows up the train. With, again, his cartoon bundle of bright red dynamite sticks. Fuck yeah. That's how you know it's a bomb. And so then Percival and Frank go into the the Heidi room. (laughs) Save the vault. The vault. And they're like, what the fuck? This is impossible. And Frank's like, well, we have other problems. They blew up the train. Now, knowing how many times historically homemade bombs have blown up in the making before they reach their intended target, Archie is the perfect guy to send on this mission. Yeah, because like... He'll be fine. How many times do you think his bomb making blew up before (laughs) he got one that didn't blow up on him? How many times is he going to have to rebuild that house? So they're having their big group meeting, uh, and uh, Reggie's like, man, 
I'm just mad that, like, we didn't get to see Percival's face when he, like, walked in there. And I'm like, that's on Veronica. Yeah, she's she got a feed. Camera. She's got the live feed. She could be streaming this on Twitch. Who cares? But then we have an extreme throwback to this Reggie being like. Episode three? Darn. Saved by Donnie Darko. <laughs> like. He wasn't even the actor when we were calling Jughead Donnie Darko. <laughs> now that's a river that's a Rivervale throwback. We we need both Reggies in on this. <laughs> right? Oh my god, I love both Reggies. I love them together. But now it turns out they really do have a group text. Yes! Because <laughs> Percival has created a group text. They didn't have one before. I guess they, they wanted to maintain OPSEC or something in case Percival had sorcerous hacking powers. But no, he's got all their numbers and he texts them all that, you know, you can't let a good guillotine go to waste, baby. Hey. So he sends a picture of Alice, Frank, and Sheriff Keller tied up, kneeling, blindfolded in front of the guillotines. And it says, at midnight tonight... They were all executed. Yeah, yeah. He, Not they will be. They were. He does the Adrian Veidt thing. He, he put them all in the guillotine 35 minutes ago. <laughs> you know, all of them are like, this can't be true. This has to be wrong. And Jughead's voiceover tells us, they no. were. This is not an imaginary story. This is <laughs> The war has started and Percival drew the first blood. Mm-hmm. And that was killing the three of them. I mean, Cheryl can fix it, though. I mean, yeah, we know how to bring people back from the dead. It's well, fine. Like I said in this portion of last week's episode, after the, the episode, after the recap bits had finished, every single death from here on out, there's a voice in the back of your head saying, who cares? Cheryl can fix it. Yeah. 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 It's all good. They don't even have to say that Hiram was like, uh, that Hiram bought his way out of the hitman. Cheryl can just fix it if, if she wants. <sighs> Yep. <laughs> and that is the end of the episode. That's it. So, Dallin, what did you think of chapter 115, Return to Riverdale? I liked it. I really enjoyed it. I really liked... I mean, I love the Jugheads interacting. Yes. I love yes. that. That was great. I love how we're just accepting, yeah, we can use our powers now, <laughs> half of us, and do really cool shit. And it's just like, this is how it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I am... Loving this. I, I love this style of Riverdale episode, and I think this is a particularly good one of this style. Because, like, this is a season where when we have a problem with an episode, it's often because of inconsistent and uh, uh, even poorly treated characters. Yeah. How do you fix that? You you go to this other vein of Riverdale where it's just 100% plot progression, all stuff all the time. Progression, 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 and throwbacks to things that happened half a season ago, years ago. There's we're just going to reference it all, and we know it's right, and we're not just changing shit to change shit. There's no time for Fangs to be the wrong kind of stupid and violent. There's no time for Veronica to mope. We have shit to do. It's There's no times for Fangs, apparently. <laughs> It, and he and Tony are off taking care of baby Anthony because Percival wants, like, baby Anthony. I get it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's fine they weren't in this. I would not be surprised if, like, next episode or whenever we see them next, they're, like, five towns away on the run with their immortal child or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, this was good. I honestly, like, didn't have a problem with, like, anything. 
And when there are slow moments, because there are slower moments, it's, yeah, Jughead on Jughead action, or just whatever completely out of left field uh, uh, stuff is happening with Betty and Polly, where you don't have time to think of it as, how is this serving Betty's character? You're still stuck on, what the fuck are they even saying? (laughs) That's the thing, I think the most, like... The thing that I would, like, like the least is, like, the weird Jesus shit, but it's also so fucking weird that I'm like, yeah, sure, okay. It gets its hooks in you that way. I'm like, yeah, we can go with Jesus, why not? Like, whatever. So, yeah, I I think that's great. I think that's a lot of fun. I think that is a late season episode. This is how I feel about finales, and it isn't one. No, it's the one before one. Episodes. Yeah, yeah. Next next episode is the finale episode, and the episode after that is setting us up for next season. Yeah. As Riverdale does. Yeah, the the typical the typical season structure is the big action-packed blowout is the second to last, and the technical finale is the big decompression episode. Yep. The what now? The and then. Yep. I don't know if that's going to be the case again. I don't know. I don't know. But that's how they normally go. I could see maybe the last episode being like half of that. But they could also just like surprise us. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. My house. It, it could be an all-out banger three-episode arc. Fuck yeah. So do you got any predictions? No. No. It's too late for predictions. Just, I'm strapped in. It's just... We're just going. I mean, so many of our predictions came true this week. I feel like if I try to conjure up anymore, I'll be spoiling myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you want to talk about what we know is going to happen? Well, because, like, I'm really excited. So next week's episode, they, it is again coming next week, is called The Stand for the uh, uh, the book, film... TV miniseries, uh, Stephen, King's, Stephen King's classic story about uh, a post-apocalyptic America after a, a, uh, a respiratory virus uh, sweeps through and destroys society. Here's, here's the big thing we know. It is weird how kind of COVID-tinged this season is, but it doesn't want to say it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really important for Jughead to not come in contact with anyone in Rivervale. Also, Veilhead is clearly going stir-crazy from social isolation. Yeah. Also, the apocalypse. The world is burning. Veronica can't see her loved ones, and she's breaking down because of it. They won't talk about it. They, they won't call and that a metaphor. Society's crumbling around us. You know. Well, that's for a lot of other reasons, too. But yeah, yeah, it's not just, I mean, other reasons, but, like, it's really, uh, yep. So what we know, mm-hmm. and the big thing that I have to get out. Go ahead. Zombies! We get fucking zombies! I called it, I said it, I said there'd be zombies, mm-hmm. and we're getting them. So yeah, what happens when your enemy is attacking with the souls of the damned? What, what's more fun to watch on television? Just a bunch of transparent blue visual effects? Or... Fucking zombies! The spirits of the dead animating their corpses. That's way more fun. Ah! Percival will be sitting in what is now his office. It used to be Reggie's, used to be Veronica's. With a painting of himself. With a painting of himself or perhaps Colonel Pickens uh, yes. uh, in the background. But uh, but also he's holding a morning star in his, he's holding a big spiked mace in his hand. Yeah. Uh, we also uh, know Jason is going to pick up the bow. And Betty with a chainsaw. To take down Zombie Glenn. Zombie Glenn, yes. Uh, the serpents are gonna, like, punch everyone, including Kevin, 
in a serpent jacket. Yes, yes, Kevin has joined up. He is side by side with Fangs, I think. I think so. Uh, Archie tackles Reggie? Veronica and Archie go to Percival to ask for the bodies of their loved ones. (laughs) This isn't a prediction. This is just earlier I said to you, I was like, what if this is how I finally get Joaquin? Mm, Zombie Joaquin. mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he's like constantly bleeding black goo out of his stab wound that killed him. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Darling, I just want to congratulate you. Yes. For predicting years ago that the source of all supernatural elements in Riverdale, both the town and the program, is a cult in the woods. Yes! Because Rivervale's founder, Percival Pickens, was essentially a one-man cult. One-man cult! In in the the woods! woods, Doing cultish things! In the woods! I am so fucking good at this. You you have made your one (laughs) prediction that you made a thousand times... Has come true is, is so the, many times. Is the most central Such... prediction to the entire program. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. I am so happy and it's with my life right echoed now. echoed forward, echoes through the multiverse of so many other cults in these same woods. Yes. Cult in the fucking woods. If this, if this somehow explains why Archie's anxiety vision is werewolves. I want the werewolves and that fucking deer. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, the spiritual deer. The spiritual deer needs to be involved with this shit. Oh, it witnessed the original cult in the woods. Oh, the the deer was the witness. The witness. And then Archie and Jug had killed the witness. And they were visited by the Candyman. I do love that episode. Cult in the woods! And then I said, after life with Archie, we're going to get zombies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is it. This is I, it. Like, they've hinted at doing super teens so much like so well they've name dropped pure heart the powerful so much that now to just you know big neon letters it's super teens we're doing the super teens that's what the season has been a a credit to yeah like we're getting zombies those sure look like zombies in the in in the trailer those are totally those are totally zombies if they're not zombies like what the fuck and i I have to think eventually we'll get something that does point, no, really, after life with Archie. Ta-da. Ta-da. Like, does Cheryl start calling herself Blaze? Maybe her pyrokinesis is part of that. Okay, that's a weird bit of Archie lore that I don't think we've talked about. (laughs) In Afterlife with Archie, when the character of Cheryl Blossom has a psychotic break and and creates a new uh, persona for herself called Blaze. Yes. And now, in Riverdale, Cheryl Blossom is a pyrokinetic with the powers of the phoenix. Who might start going by Blaze. Will she go by Blaze? I hope so. I like. Oh, what that would that be good. Just becomes Heather's pet name for her. Oh, that would be really good. Yeah. Yes. Afterlife is happening in a sense, just like Super Teens has been happening in a sense for you know a dozen episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, yeah, we're here. We made it. We did it. We did it. There are times when uh, uh, making this program, Sex Archie. And being so tied to Riverdale for it feels like I'm playing chicken with Roberto and the entire Berlanti (laughs) company. And there are also times when it kicks ass. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like they do shit to spite me. (laughs) Other times I'm like, you listening? You you fan? 
season six. It's had its ups, it's had its downs, but boy, is it poised for an incredible ending. And <sighs> next week, next week is the beginning of the end. It's, yep. it's going to be a blowout. Is it the one before the decompression episode, or is it just pedal to the metal, balls out here until the season break. We're going to find out in one week and then the week after. We'll find out whose balls are out. What? I can't take you anywhere. <laughs> You're a bad influence on me. What? <laughs> what am I influencing? I said some other regretful things on that stream <laughs> Saturday. What did you say? Oh, some things about uh, mutual gratification. And, uh... What? You know, mouth stuff. There's a super cut. What? <laughs> so, that's the end of this episode. That is. And now we do the thing we do at the end of the episode. We ask you to, to tell a friend about the show. Tell them uh, uh, what you learned today. And uh, what they're missing out on if, if they're not following along with us following along with Riverdale. <laughs> Uh, you can also leave us a rating and review wherever mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. listen to our podcast, and you can leave a little praise there about how I called it. Really, just reading anonymous praise is the only way I get to sleep at night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you can also follow us uh, on Twitter at sex underscore Archie. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. um, Also a great place to praise me for my cult in the woods theory. <laughs> <laughs> the original theory. The final theory. Yes. The beginning and the end of theories. Yes. So with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant, and from us here at Sex Archie, Percy the Perverse. Yes, I know the episode was actually called Return to River Vale. Obviously, I know that now after editing it. Good night, folks. <laughs>